Hello and welcome to Unrational Passions article read. For this edition, I, Quentin Hoffman, will be reading the piece Place and Purpose, Desert Golfing, written by myself, which was originally published on April 23rd, 2018. Place and Purpose is a reoccurring column where I explore the subject, games, environments, and unpack the emotions I find are evoked, typically told as a narrative. After the read, I will be joined by Irrational Passions social editor, George Cruz, for a discussion. Breathe in, breathe out. This is something which you say to yourself over and over again. You have taken too many swings and shanked the sand numerous times by being frustrated, telling yourself to breathe deeply, giving you the time to actually realize what to do properly, closing your eyes to put your hands on the driver, right hand above the left, raising the driver above your head and over your shoulders. In one swift movement, you hit the ball 100 feet. You're able to see the distance it travels, witnessing a beautiful arc. After you witness its landing, you look around you. For what seems like the first time in forever, you are the only person around for miles. All by yourself, you are able to fully take in what is around you, allowing for you to focus on the simple task at hand. Desert golfing is a relatively simple game, and it has you performing the same task over and over again. This repetition serves a purpose, to refine your golfing skills. While this is a strange task, doing something over and over again can affect you in two ways. It could slowly make you lose your mind, or it can make you get better at one thing. In this instance, it's the former. While the objective is very menial, it slowly becomes more thought-inducing. Quote, what is the right angle? How much power should I apply to this shot? End quote. The mentality in the beginning is something completely different than the one in the end. This gradual shift is unexpected, and slowly shows you the sheer amount of thought running through your mind. While you find yourself performing the same basic task over and over again, you begin to see something happening to the land in front of you. It slowly begins to shift, as if the sands of the desert were changing as you progress through it. The winds naturally change the landscape of the desert, and the dunes rise and lower. These swells bring a sense of tranquility, and you begin to take deeper breaths, almost timing your breathing with the natural currents around you. While you are slowly beginning to sight your swings, you find yourself breathing in and out with these swells. That sense of repetition just lingers in the back of your mind. The shifting landscape begins to conjure images of the long pool desert, being home to these beautiful orange sand dunes. And recently, they have been changing due to local wind patterns. Venturing more and more into the desert, you slowly realize how desolate it is. There is nothing surrounding you for miles. The horizon looks like it goes on forever. Looking at the horizon, you begin to slowly notice the curvature of the earth. Being amazed at the sight in front of you, you sit down just to take it all in. Those deep breaths really mean a lot in this particular moment. This desolate nature is one which evokes a sense of quietness among you. The landscape slowly begins to be something which provides companionship. It comes from a strange place. This environment which seems devoid of life brings you to life. It is something which begins to conjure many philosophical questions, mainly outlining how emptiness can bring joy to people. This contradiction is strange, but it gives you life in a strange place. The phrase, opposites attract, seem applicable here, even as you are sending golf balls into the desert, as if it were giving you something which you have longed for. Each hit goes off into the sunset, but after each hit you find yourself changing the way you swing, and this emptiness brings a sense of challenge. By doing this act over and over again, you have seen the exact same results. 
except with no one else around, you find yourself engrossed with this kind of challenge. The emptiness makes every hit sound louder than it actually is, and lets you see exactly where it goes. This is something which would be near impossible if you were hitting balls on a range or even on top of a roof. Keeping a track of the exactness of your action only comes from how lonely you are. You don't think about it in the moment, but the desert provides something in which you have been longing for. Silence. Living in an urban area and being connected to everyone and everything takes a lot out of you. However, by returning to basics and finding solitude out in this desolation provides something completely different. These connections are something which people yearn for, and they look to expand their mind. Instead of looking for answers in man-made products, why not look to nature? The desolation in front of you provides such a stark contrast from what you're used to. The state of desolation can do a lot of different things to a lot of different people. In some cases, it can make people crazy, but in this instance, by doing something over and over again, you find yourself full of joy. It is something which puts a smile on your face and makes you enjoy the act and execution of the art of the swing, slowly making your trek through the desert and following your heart has led you to this moment. You see something different for the first time. Shore break is visible. This couldn't be possible. The desert is next to the ocean, but you are hundreds of miles inland. Slowly walking down to the beach, you put down your ball and driver. Your actions have led you to this moment, filling you with a surreal feeling. Tears run down your face because you don't want it to end. The desert gave you something different, which was unexpected. Desolation became an unlikely friend, and it slowly begins to fade out of your life. The journey comes to an end, but the thing which will stick with you is the skills gained. Knowing that these repetitious actions can have strange innate power over you, getting better with each passing minute and how silence can, is something to be treasured instead of pushed away. Hello and welcome to the discussion part of this Irrational Passions article read in which we have a discussion about Quinn Hoffman's place and purpose on desert golfing. I am your host, social media editor and staff writer here at Irrational Passions, George Cruz, and I am joined by one Quinn Hoffman. Quinn, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a nice Saturday. I got home from work. Mm -hmm. I ate a burger when I got home. That's very so, good, Quinn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and you also just read... Your piece to the wonderful listeners uh, yeah. out there uh, on desert golfing. And obviously you described the game in a lot of detail in this piece. But can you tell me maybe a little bit more that you didn't go into this piece? Like your relationship with this game, uh, like from the beginnings, like how did you hear of it? And like what were your thoughts, you know, just, the, just starting out with it and how okay. you feel about it now maybe? Yeah. So how I found out about desert golfing is – it was completely under my radar until I read the Patrick Klepek story about the guy who completed desert golfing. Um, that's a great piece that I think I advise everyone to read. Is that a waypoint piece? Yes, it is. Um, okay. I saw that and I'm like, oh, this game sounds interesting. Then I realized it's a mobile game. And I, the only mobile game I play is threes. So I was like, you know what? I'll add another one to my collection. Because it's a fine game. It's a fine game. Threes is a good game, yeah. Um, then I started playing desert golfing. And I'm like, I really like this. I like the calm, serene nature of it. I just like, and the score on top, which I, I think is kind of weird to me at certain moments, but 
that I don't keep, care about the score that much. I just like trying to know the levels and just like feel it out. Mm, mm. So, you know, we talked about that introduction, but like, was it, was it almost immediate? Because you really talk about how this game is, can at times be a little bit maybe emotionally stirring, or, or it's so simple that you can inject a lot of your own maybe imagination or thoughts into it. Yeah, uh, and and you go in and you talk about a little bit about that in the piece, obviously. Um, but yeah, like after that introduction, was there a point like, what were those thoughts? Like, wait, there's something more to this game. And what were those, like, what was those thoughts? It was, the thoughts that ran through my mind were like enjoying it and like enjoying, like hitting the ball and enjoying like watching it travel and like enjoying the simple ac- execution. Mm-hmm. And and then just like like I said, the calm and serene nature of the environment really adds something because it you're all by yourself. There's mm-hmm. literally, like I said in the piece, there's no one around you for hundreds of miles. So it's your your senses are kind of heightened because you're focusing on you and no one else is watching you. So you can see yourself perform better and you can understand what it is you're actually doing more. Mm-hmm. And so for this piece, uh, I don't think I'm stepping out of line or maybe being a little bit, maybe misreading it. When I think there's a little bit of a creative fiction here, just a little bit. Yes. Just a little a, bit a, there. Just a little bit. Right. Mm. And so can you tell me, like, can you tell me how you came to this story? Uh, I assume you build, you came to it from those feelings that you had from the game yeah. and then built upon them to you know, tell something. Yeah. So for the listener, and if they don't know, um, Desert Golfing has, I think, over 16,000 holes. So in order for me to complete this game, it would be very long. So I still have not beaten it. Big shocker there. But I kind of took inspiration from the mix of, like, the Patrick Klepek story and, like, my own feelings of this, this man who just played this game like day in, like just at night and just did maybe like five or 10 holes until he completed it. And he felt he didn't feel complete. Like he, the journey for him didn't feel complete. So I kind of like built on that and it was kind of like my projection of what would happen if I actually beat the game. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And you know, for uh, this, this, for a lot of the place and purpose pieces, there is sort of a little bit, of creative storytelling there um and how do you as a writer how do you approach that well to be more specific i guess how do you start to think like how do you nail down what thoughts and emotions or feelings or visuals you want your reader to you know pop into their head okay like for the visual part is it's when I wrote the Celeste piece, for example, I was talking in that piece. I, excuse me. I explicitly talk about like poster, like not posters, but billboards in the background and stuff you notice. 
And that's the kind of thing that I like. I try to focus on for visualize is stuff that ha- that happens in the background. That's just background art that no one really notices and just like says, "Oh, that's pretty." I try to like build the story of what's going on in that background and what's how it's affecting the foreground. Um, the emotions, the emotion wise, is. I try to combine that with what the game is provoking and what it's trying to hint at and what it makes me feel exactly. So I said it's a it's a combination of like un, like just thinking a little bit about what's going on and just and just not doing context clues but just having a little like you said that creative freedom where I can see things and kind of just like build on them fully. Mm-mm. And Quinn, I must ask like before place and purpose, did you? dabble a lot in sort of creative writing and short stories no okay gotcha i actually fun fact i don't like writing fiction that much but there's something about for me place and purpose that i really enjoy kind of like that that creative freedom and like saying "Ooh, what what this game does at this moment for me Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 I, and I don't also just like want to blow smoke up your ass because it's obviously we've had some we've had some like behind the scenes some like you know I don't think this is working very well maybe rewrite this because yeah it is sort of an ongoing process and that's yeah. not to say that because I think this this is a very very good piece I think there is I appreciate it it's, that. it's Thank very you. good um and I I forgot where my train of thought there is but but I was trying to say that like. Uh, we're having an action. We don't. I'm not just telling you. Oh, you did a great job, Quinn. You nailed that out of the park. But also, like, want to sort of pick your brain and also let the reader know that hey, I don't think Quinn thinks he's perfect. Hell uh, no. Trust yeah. me. You should see. Like, I've submitted. There are drafts in Irrational Passions yes. that I have deleted because they are so not garbage, but they are so trash that Jer- a Jarrett picks them apart and calls them actual trash. <laughs> then I realize that I'm trash. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, for example, that City of Brass review, I'm still not happy with that final product because it just – it was so arduous and it just took so goddamn fucking long. But, hey. As the editor for that, I can tell you there were – that was a long, hard day's night. I tell you what. Uh, anyways, though. But, you know, we're talking about writing – yeah. Uh, and the thing with, I think, creative writing or even critique, I think I see this uh, all the time. And sometimes in the writing that comes across, you know, that we do at Irrational Passions is you you have to sort of uh, hold back a little bit and yeah. be very specific with what words you want to use and what feelings you want to evoke with the reader to make sure that is actually your intent and not like you just stumbled upon this because it sounded right so quinn i want to ask you like when you're writing these creative stories how do you know if you're sort of indulging yourself a little bit too much as a writer uh and and, and do you know what i mean by that yeah it's like i'm i'm kind of pleasuring myself with what i'm writing it's right you're trying to show off hey i can write good yeah and that's the thing is i try not to do that it's when I and I know that I'm a writer and I like writing and people call me good writer, good, a good writer, even though I don't believe I am. But that's not the point. Um, the moment I know when I've gone too far is when it's all like it's it gets all convoluted. If I keep it short and concise with the create with the creative fiction that I'm writing for these for these um excuse me for this column, and that's like how I keep it 
easy, and that's how I'm not pleasuring myself. Is I I just <laughs> kind of. Let's like, not be too graphic out here, Quinn. Sorry, but I get what you're um, saying. I get you. you're um, stroking your ego. That's what we'll say. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> um, as long as like I keep it kind of entwined with the DNA instead of making that the whole focus. That's the moment that when that happens, kind of like one of the place and purpose drafts, which is fucking gone into the sun that will never mm-hmm. see the light of day. And I also think I, uh, I think it's also that may be easier said than done. Like a lot of mm-hmm. times you need an editor or someone to yes. be like, Hey man, you need to like step back a little bit and reread this and like, think about it. Uh, and I, I think I myself certainly went through that when I started doing creative writing, uh, and I, I, and I'm glad I went through those moments where you read a thing and then people come out like, that, nope, that, that was bad, my man. And I was like, yeah. yikes. Um, but yeah, uh, in Can I that, real quick? yeah, sure. Even like when I'm at school, I'm not in school right now, but when I'm in school for, for my, my degree and I edit someone's paper and they, they like they get too full of themselves. I'm like, oh, this is a good paper. I'll read it and I'll just fucking destroy it. And it's just like it's not good. It's just how it is. People. The thing about writers is you can pick them out from a crowd, because they a they don't think they're good writers. And that's basically it. If someone calls himself <laughs> a good writer, they are not a good writer. Usually that's usually the case. I, this this uh, I don't know what you call it, craft, hobby, or whatever it it is. Uh, I find that it takes a a lot of folks are like self deprecating, um, or at least have yes. an attitude about them, like a, a negativity. Uh, like you've gotten your ass kicked a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, totally, I get that. I think my. One of my teachers, I think he was probably the most helpful and maybe decide that I wanted to be a writer. Um, yeah. So a lot of times you get writers who write very emotional things, a lot of personal things. Sometimes like you get stories about like, uh, like suicidal thoughts. Uh, this is a very specific. Yeah. Someone wrote a very, very dark thing. Uh, and my professor like said, like the hardest thing about being a teacher in a creative writing like class or curriculum is that you it's hard to tell the person who's writing uh that i want to kill myself yeah that you're writing about wanting to kill yourself should be better dude what are you doing Mm -hmm. or because you know what i'm saying because you want to like you want to let the reader know those feelings but you don't want to be so overindulgent and just like off the rails completely uh i think i I think some of my early writing and irrational passions, uh, I think I went a little too far and revealed a little bit too much of myself. But, yeah. you know, I whatever. Uh, I'm the only one who thinks that. No one else told me that. But, you know, yeah. I, I keep that in the back of my mind. Yeah, and that's the thing is that as a writer, going back to the pieces, like I had to measure myself on like what I had to like talk about emotionally because I love desert golfing. I know it's an old game, and I, I know that I got into it just recently. But it's maybe one of my favorite games that I've played this year. Just because it's so... There's not a lot of gaming experiences where it's just quiet, serene experiences. And just like hearing the ball go and roll and just like nothing else is kind of like what does it for me. It's just the sense of tranquility. Because games nowadays, I don't know if you know this, George, 
big budget, yeah, dudes, except like it's all that bullshit. And it's like something which slows you down and makes you think is something which I really enjoy. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And I, but I also, I, I also think I don't want to like, uh, I guess, single out some games as just being lesser. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Because I, I you could totally, when, when a, so many cooks are like working on a thing, it, sometimes it can feel less personal and less yeah. direct. I think when you have smaller games made by smaller teams, it feels like a more direct work. Like it yeah. feels like almost personal. Like I made this thing for you, but when it's like a big, like a big massive thing, it can, it's hard to feel that same way. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I like I adore Celeste so much is, it's it's literally probably two people, mm-hmm. and it's one person who did the soundtrack, and it feels so personal. And that's the thing, is games who have that games which have that touch and that like kind of like craft where they feel personal and they evoke they evoke emotions from the player. That's what's like really does it for me. Mm-hmm. And now stepping back in like you know game back to desert golfing in this piece. Yes, sir. Um. You know, what was one of the what are some of the toughest things about this piece in particular that was difficult for you? Like, you know, working th- working through it. What was the challenge for you? Um, actually describing the game because <laughs> it's true, yeah. Holy shit, it's the thing is like something which I actually peek behind the curtain too. I like incorporating fun fact. I like incorporating geography like geography in my pieces sometimes and like like, like references. So when I wrote the Place and Purpose piece, I talked about Indiana Jones and other stuff and, like, the Shining Hotel. In this, I decided on the the Lumpul Desert, which is a desert in, in East Africa. Um, but it would, took me a while to actually realize which desert I wanted because I was like, I wanted to find a desert which was by the water. And there's not a lot of deserts which are located by the water. So, like, that maybe took me a while. But, the, like, like I said... Describing how desert golfing was kind of hard. Um, mm, yeah. Because it is such a simple game. So I had to really, like, hone in on, like, talking about the execution and, like, hitting the ball exactly. Mm-hmm. And now this piece, this piece has been up on the site for a minute. Uh, I think April it went up. Yes, I believe so. Um, so, how you know, we were recording this a few months removed from it. So yeah. how do you feel about it now? I think it might be my best piece on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, Remove from that, like as a piece of writing, maybe any anything you change, things you really like. Obviously, um, do you see any of your? You know, you really like this piece, but do you see any of your weaknesses in it? I'm not trying to dig really deep no, in good. there, but I'm kind of digging um, deep in there. I think I could improve on descriptions more. I think that's something which kills my writing. Um, but I know, like, I know, I know that as a writer is, I sometimes over specify things instead of actually nailing, like nailing what I want to talk about. Yes. Steph. As an editor, I, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. And the big shocker it's, I, as an English major, that's kind of how I do. Um, I'm used to like elaborating on things until they're dead. And that's something which is, has, is a constant in my writing is, and I'm sure you've seen it, George, is over talking about yes. things. Yes, and sometimes and not. Sometimes you just forget that there's just a thing you don't. You're not specific enough about this one thing, but you yep. overindulge in any other thing. Yep. But yeah. 
And that's, I think, the big thing for me, at least. I Things I wish I could have done better, I wish I, I talked more about, like, the actual golfing aspect instead of repetition. Mm-hmm. But the thing about, like, that's what was, was a struggle about this piece is did I want to talk about just hitting a ball endlessly until I, like, died or something, just kept going? Right. Because it's or so simple wa- also, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is, or do I want to talk about, like, the ex- like honing in on the golf skills? And that's something which I think I did well. I, like, um, I did to, like, I did a mix of both, and that's something which I think is right. But now that I'm looking at the piece, I wish I more I elaborated more on the environment because mm-hmm. I just say it's a desert and I call it the Lompol Desert. Then I I <laughs> note I note the ocean at the end, but I really don't specify the place, which is the, like the first word in the column. It's place and purpose. I'm I focus a a lot on purpose, and that's something which I've seen a lot when writing this column. Um, the more and more I write about the environment, but but like I said, it's hard to write about the environment in this game. It really is. It's two shades of brown. Um, you hit you hit a white ball in, in a in a in, in a little hole. It's it's hard to describe that. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely, totally, totally. I get it. And 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 then you feel like, oh, I've explained it enough. But then when you look at like, well, what's my mission statement for this? It's place yeah. and purpose. I totally get how you can feel that way. Totally. Yeah. Like in, like in a review, you wouldn't you wouldn't focus on that that much. You'd move on. No. You describe it and you'd move on. Uh, yeah. But yes, I understand. Like when you have something that's place and purpose. Yeah. 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 So Quentin, we're about like, to hit about twenty minutes here, uh, and you know we yeah. were, we're aiming for thirty. This is the first one we're doing, but I feel like we yeah. covered a lot. Is there something you know you wanted to talk about from this piece before um, you know, maybe we sign off? I know you edited this piece, George. I just mm-hmm. want to talk about like your reaction to this piece and how much you actually like this piece. So, <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, how, so, why do you like this piece so much? Uh, so, what I like about it is that I, I like the, your short story here. I think there is a little bit overindulgence in it, but I think it's enough that it, it didn't take me completely out of it, and I still really enjoyed it. I think that you did a very you thought a, a good job of trying to describe such a simple game, mm-hmm. um, and maybe expand on like the uh, the depth that is in it, and yeah. sort of break down the repetitive nature of it, yeah, uh, and expand upon it in something that I thought was uh, a, a, a worth reading and it was insightful. I guess is what yeah. I actually want to mean there. Um, I, I like the choice of game you decided to cover here, just in general. I thought that I thought it was a great choice of a game to cover, and I was really glad. It's a to very get... obscure game. Yeah, uh, it's an obscure game, and it's a it's a very interesting game, and I'm glad we got coverage on it on the site. So I was really excited about that as well. Uh, I think reading over it now, and I, I don't want to go into this now because we're, we're sort of reviewing the piece, but not really. We want to talk about more, yeah. You know, maybe the process of it, and uh, you know, reflect on it. But I, I do see, as, as someone who edited that City of Brass review, which you struggled with, I could see ways you messed up there that there's some, like, ways we could be, make it better here. Yeah. That I, like, you did that in that piece, and I see it in here. I didn't see it the first time through, but now I see it clear yeah. as day. 
but I still, I still, I don't think that brings it down. I still think it's it's very solid. Um, Thank but you. yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, um, I've like I said, I believe this is my my best piece on the site, mm-hmm. um, and I hope to like more keep writing place and purpose in this same kind of style, where it's quiet story, it's quiet storytelling, and it's just talking about the actions instead of um, like what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, I think that concludes our first article read here on Rational Powers. A bit of an older one, yeah. but I, th- I think we set out what we wanted to do, you know, talk, expand upon the content, uh, get into your head a little bit, maybe a peek behind the curtain about like what goes into our minds when we yeah. write stuff down on paper and then how we feel about them once they're out in the wild. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully we do this with like more time with like more timely articles or like a review or two, like something that's just out there and you can accompany it. For sure. Um, but for this one pilot, uh, yeah. Uh, should I just outro the fo- the good folks out there, Quentin? This Go is for the it, last- George. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, thank you so much for listening to this first Rational Passions article read here. This was a uh, place and purpose on desert golfing, which of course you can find in Rational Passions. If for some reason you wanted to read it along, and you just found this audio, but you already you already would have heard it, but you know whatever. Whatever. Uh, this is, of course, written by Quentin Hoffman. Uh, Quentin, where can the good folks find you on Twitter? They can find me at quantum underscore arbiter for all my No Man's Sky pictures. Mm-hmm. Which are not taken yet, so you're promising. You're like you're like pre. This is like a pre-order. You're like pre-promising people of this. Well, I've I've actually posted a lot of photos of No Man's Sky on Twitter. Did you? Oh, I thought we hadn't started playing it yet. Oh, you did. You told me you started playing yeah. it. Yeah. I might need to steal some of those for the Instagram. Well, we'll talk about this later. Um, and you can find me at jcruzalvarez26 and Irrational Passions at Irrational Pod on Twitter, irrationalpassions.com. Of course, you already know, uh, and at Irrational Pod on Instagram. Uh, let us know if you listen to this. Uh, and are so kind to give us any feedback, let us know what you think. Uh, if you would like to see more of these, uh, ways we could make this better or more entertaining, you know. Uh, this is sort of, this. I feel like we're very open. I realize that this is going to be a place where we're going to be very open to, you know, like just like, hey, I put the thing out, let's talk about the thing, yeah. and how I know that one thing could have been better. <laughs> but it's it's out there, and I'm still happy about it, you know. But yeah. So any feedback would be great. Uh, and unt- so I guess until that next time, uh, for Quinn, for, for Rational Passions, uh, we will see you on the next Rational Passions article read.